This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. You're listening to the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club podcast. Here's your host, Chip Souza of the Hog Sports Network. This is Chip Sousa with the Hog Sports Network coming at you from the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon today where Kobe Suggs, the former University of Arkansas pitcher who is currently the bullpen coach for the Minnesota Twins, was our guest speaker. Kobe sat down with us for a question and answer at today's luncheon. Well, Kobe, thanks for being with us today. I was able to get Kobe connected through his mother-in-law, who I play pickleball with. So uh, she helped me get him lined up. So see, pickleball has some benefits. There you go. All right. Uh, Kobe, what was it like playing football at Sulphur Springs in Texas? I mean, Texas, people who've never been around Texas high school football in the absolute insane-ness uh, that goes with that. What was, what was that like and that, that kind of that long march you have to do through the playoffs there? Yeah, I, you don't really um, notice it, I guess, when you're kind of in it. But looking back at it, it it's absolutely wild. Um, every Friday night, you know, I grew up in a town of 15,000 people, so quite a bit smaller than uh, northwest Arkansas towns. Um, but, you know, the whole city shuts down. It, it's it's what, you th- what you see on Friday night lights is it, it's pretty real. Um, you know, like I said, the whole town just travels wherever you are, whether it's a home game, road game, the whole town travels. Um, Going through the playoffs, you know, the crowds continue to get bigger. Um, and little known fact was we actually played the very last game, uh, very last football game ever played in the old Cowboys Stadium. So that was, that was actually pretty cool um, during, I think, uh, the semifinals. We ended up um, filling out the Alamo Dome um, down in San Antonio for our state final, um, which was pretty cool. We played a really good Dayton team whose quarterback um, ended up going to Nebraska for a little bit. Um, we had a lot of talent on yeah. our team. Uh, quarterback went to Auburn for a little bit. We had guys go to University of Texas, uh, guy walk on at A&M. So we, we had a, a lot of talent. Texas Tech, University of North Texas, and then obviously some of the you know smaller schools in the area, we, we filled those out as well. So we had a very talented group. I think 69-29 final score or something at championship 69-49. Wow. 69-49. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had the number one offense number one or two offense in, in Texas that Wow, year. that is awesome. Well, walk me through your decision to come to Arkansas and play baseball. What was, what was that like, and, and what was that decision process like? Uh, for, for me, it was actually pretty easy. So my, my dad um, is from Arkadelphia, Arkansas. So it wasn't really a contest for, for um, the other schools. I, I had a couple other schools that were interested, um, Oklahoma, and, and my actually second option was Dallas Baptist, which would have actually put me with Wes Johnson at yeah. the time. So yeah. it's kind of weird how uh, we actually still ended up together. But um, yeah, with my dad being from Arkadelphia and then the university, you know, wanting me to come there to pitch, um, it, it was really a no-brainer. I, I emailed uh, Coach Todd Butler whenever uh, Arkansas was going through the 2009 College World yeah. Series. And this was after the Virginia game, and he said, hey, if you're telling me what you can do is actually true, you can come and pitch for us right now. Because um, they, they had run out of pitching at that time, uh, if you guys remember. Um, so that, that, that's my recruiting story. Uh, came up for a visit, still loved it. Um, and, and, you know, I grew up wearing Razorback uh, clothes and, and had, um, was watching all the games and, and um, was, was just an absolute huge fan. What was it like playing at Bomb Stadium for the first time? You know, playing, you know, packed house, rabid fans. I mean, what, what was that like? It, it, it was cold, first off, the first game. Um, wasn't, wasn't used to that being down from, from Texas. But, 
I, I remember my leg shaking and, and um, I was thinking, man, am I going to get through this? Am I going to be able to throw a pitch? <laughs> uh, I was so nervous. Uh, I, I couldn't believe that where I was, what I was doing. Um, so it, it was an unbelievable experience. The fans make it what it is, um, which is an intimidating, intimidating place to play uh, for other teams and, and it can still be intimidating for, for some of the players there as well. Um, so it, it's, there, there's no better fan base. There's no better fans in baseball. Um, and, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who's, who's come to the games and, and seen any uh, Razorback baseball players play. Just know that it's harder than it looks. And, you know, maybe they are a little nervous. You know, being a relief pitcher, and Jake, you will identify with this too, you know, relief pitcher, takes a special kind of mentality to, to, to be in that role, embrace that role. Is, is that something that, that came naturally to you, or is it something you had to kind of develop that kind of that mentality to, to, to be a guy that comes in basically when the house is on fire? Um, I, I think you can come to it a couple different ways. You know, some, some people um, enjoy it. Some people don't and have to learn how to enjoy it, how to prepare themselves. For me, um, I actually pitched in relief a little bit in high school, um, kind of in some midweek games, and I absolutely loved it. It, it was one of my yeah. favorite things to do was come in at the end of the game um, and, and just throw as hard as I can for one inning. That, that seems like a lot of fun to me, um, <laughs> not have to save anything. So I, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, I, I wouldn't want to have it any other way. I wouldn't want to be a starter um, whenever I was playing. And, and, now that I'm out there, you know, as the bullpen coach with those guys um, at, at the big league level, it, it's the same thing. They're they're a little bit crazy. There's oh, a yeah. few nut jobs, yeah, um, without a doubt. Uh, there's there's a lot of Red Bulls um, and some other caffeine uh, going on, but uh, they. I, I love being out there. I love the excitement of it, of of having kind of the game um, on our shoulders, and and uh, it, it's a very fun experience and it's a it's a stressful job but if if you can do it well you can you can uh, have a lot of fun with it speaking of nut, nut jobs let's go through your routine with matt cronin uh <laughs> coming out of the bullpen uh for the razorbacks tell me about that routine and, and the whole slap in the face and all that and how did that come to be um so uh, jake can speak to this as well um <laughs> During the offseason, sometimes uh, we're, we're trying to chase velocity with guys. And um, for those of you that don't know, I used to slap Matt Cronin before he came <laughs> in the game. Uh, not, not super hard, not enough to get him crazy or nothing, but just a little bit. Um, so it, before the games, it, he, before he entered the game, he wanted me to start slapping him. And it's called a velo slap. Uh, so whenever you get slapped, some, you get a little extra adrenaline and uh, – that's, that's kind of the story of it. And Wes was big into the science of, of how to get yourself mentally and physically prepared. And, and uh, most guys preferred the slap on, you know, the back or, or something like that. But Matt, he was a little, a little bit more oddball than, than most guys. And uh, he wanted it right there on the, on the face. And so uh, <laughs> there, there was one point in the season whenever it got caught on camera, uh, I guess someone called Coach Van Horn and Wes and was like, hey, maybe we need to shut this down. You know, we're starting to get some phone calls. And what if we just block it from the cameras with like a board or something? All right, let's try that. And so that's what we did from there on out. But, <laughs> but yeah, every single time. Uh, and he set the saves. He, he broke actually my record for saves in a single season that year. And um, it worked out.
So, Jody, before the game Saturday, you got to tell Matt, I mean, Carter and I to lift his helmet up and just give him a five right across the, right across the face there. Um, so, after you embraced your role as a reliever, um, how did that improve your, your draft stock? Was that, you know, because, you know, you're kind of, kind of in that role. How did that – because you, you ended up getting drafted, you know, in the second round. Was that – uh, did that improve your stock? I mean, you weren't, you weren't drafted out of high school, so did that improve your stock? And talking with scouts, you know, how did that all work out? Um, so, so most guys draft starters probably yeah. higher than they do relievers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they say in the draft all it takes is one team. Um, so I, I don't know if it hurt or helped my draft stock. Um, you, you had to go out there and, and perform, obviously, but – um, I, I think only throwing one inning and being able to show some higher velocities uh, probably was intriguing to some teams. Uh, that, that's uh, Velocity matters um, in, in the game of baseball. You, you still had to throw strikes, which at times was a struggle for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you had to be able to throw hard to, to be able to play at the next level. And, and so, um, you know, the, 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 the Miami Marlins obviously took me where they took me, um, and I was very happy about it. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I don't. I think the velocity was was the main component that that they were excited about when, whenever they drafted me. Let's go back to 2012, that that super regional uh, final against Baylor. It was, you know, you being from Texas, it was, uh, it was felt, it had to be like 120 degrees. I mean, it was just really, really hot that day. I know that. Um, walk me through that game, the two innings you pitched. It's a, you know, it's a zero zero game, you know, there, you know, when, when you come in and and every. It's a trip to the College World Series is, is literally hanging on every pitch. How did you kind of stay, stay you know, within yourself in that situation? So, so th there's actually a weird story about that. Um, so Brian Walker was our um, volunteer coach at the time, a former player at the University of Arkansas. Um, and he actually told me before the game, he said, I, I have a dream. I had a dream last night that you shut this thing down and we went, we go to the College World Series. Wow. So that was kind of a weird uh, dream premonition that he had. Uh, but it was, it was really cool because whenever the situation came where I was kind of the next guy in, um, at that point we were, we were going into extra innings, um, I, I just kind of thought back to that moment. I was like, okay, th this is going to happen. So um, I had a lot of confidence going into that outing. That, that Baylor team was – probably one of the best offenses we've ever faced. There's a guy, Max Muncy was on that team. I don't know if you guys remember him uh, or know what he's doing in, with the Dodgers right now. He, he's, um, you know, an all-star player at the big league level, and he, he was an unbelievable um, hitter in college as well. So um, they had a lot of talent on that team. Um, played against a guy that was on that team. That was a little extra motivation. Um, Josh Turley was his name. He went to Texarkana yeah. High School, yeah. um, ended up going to Baylor, and we had a little history uh, playing in the same district, and we really didn't like each other. Um, <laughs> and they actually pinch hit him. He hit a home run off me in high school, and they pinch hit him uh, in the call tour, or in, in the Super Regional, yeah. and I got him. I struck him out, and I got him back. So Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So you, you were drafted by the Marlins, you know, career didn't go. You, um, I'm, you wanted to be the next Jonathan Papelbon or, or what kind of, but, you know, injuries got in the way. Did you kind of have, have any trouble kind of finding yourself and figuring out exactly what you wanted to do? Because, you know, some athletes, when it ends for them like that, you know, they kind of struggle to figure out where they're going to go. Did you have any of that with you or did you just, you knew this was what you wanted to do? I, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. Um, I, I was always trying to help out the guys um, 
whenever I was playing, you know, we had a great coach, Dave uh, Jorn, um, historic legendary pitching coach in the SEC. Um, and, and he kind of knew I wanted to coach, so he would help guide me uh, through a few uh, things as well. And, you know, whenever um, my junior year, I was, I was a captain, uh, voted a captain by my teammates. Um, so I had always um, had a little bit of a leadership role and, and I really enjoyed that, helping guide people towards success. Um, so I always knew I wanted to, to coach in some capacity. Um, did I know that I would be where I'm at right now at the age that I'm at? No. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of rode some coattails to get there a little bit and just was able to put my nose down and, and work um, to, to be able to get there. But um, I, I knew that I wanted to coach. I, it happened definitely quicker than I thought I, I wanted it to. Um, but that's that's part of it you know people people get hurt and they got to move on and, and you got to do it quickly um so i i was very excited um whenever coach van horn allowed me to to be able to uh, hop on and, and be a student assistant coach while i finished my degree and, and help out and learn uh from those guys so now you're you're the bullpen coach what what's the next step in the progression is it Bench coach, manager. What what's what is it that you're that you feel like is you know in focus for you as your goal moving you know moving forward? I, I'm really enjoying where I'm at right now. I I, I still have a lot to learn. Um, yeah, I still enjoy just just being um, around the guys and, and just having um, you know just a, a little bit more friendly conversations than coaching conversations at that level. Um, a lot of the guys kind of have a pretty good understanding of, of what they need to do. We got them a little bit, um, but really I, I'm there more to bounce ideas off of. Um, so I'm really enjoying where I'm at. The next step, um, I don't know if I would want to be a bench coach or a manager. Um, I, I, maybe the next step as I continue to learn and start feeling a little more comfortable with, with where I'm at, um, maybe I go challenge um, myself and, and go be a pitching coach you know, at, at some level and, and kind of run my own um, program at that point and, and see if I have the ability to do that uh, would probably be the next step. Kind of walk me through, what's, what's the day like for, for the bullpen coach? What, what's your day like? Uh, well, the kids wake me up at 5.30 after I go to bed at midnight. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's step one. Uh, no, but get up, you hang out with your family during the morning. Um, I'll take you through like a day one process. So, you know, every three days, three or four days, we're playing a brand new team. Uh, day one, get to the field about 10 o'clock. Uh, you're finishing your prep that you started the night before on their hitters. Um, you're, you're looking at, okay, where do we need to be able to throw the fastball? How many fastballs are we going to throw, if any? Um, you know, what, what are the matchups that we're looking for? What's going to be their starting lineup? What have they done recently? So we're looking at all that stuff from about 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Uh, one o'clock comes, we get together. There's a group of five of us um, and, and our two catchers that get together in a room. We shut the door and, and we're like, okay, here's what I think on uh, this Jose Altuve, right? Here's what I think about Jose Altuve. Um, we need to go here with this pitch as often as we can. Uh, some guys you have to be able to mix. Like, so so we're, we're trying to Try, trying to find all the little details that we can while still maintaining a, a simple approach to how we're going to get this guy out. Um, so one, you know, after that hour-long meeting goes, we break down all their hitters um, versus right-handed pitching versus left-handed pitching. Um, then our advanced guy, who was the role that I was previously in, he goes and inputs it into all of our um, all of our automated sheets that we have, and then. 
we're getting ready. Now we're changing into our ball pants. We go outside for stretch. We're watching the guys warm up. Hey, how you feeling? Here's some adjustments that you need to make. Here's not. You did a great job yesterday. Or here's um, maybe why you struggled. Like, and, and so we're trying to go through that as quickly as we can. Um, then around 5 o'clock is kind of when things start to slow down a little bit. Um, then at 5 o'clock, um, we're going into a room with our relievers. Um, we have a presentation that we worked on at 1 o'clock that we show them. Um, and, and then after that, it's, okay, now it's time to eat. And then finally you get to eat and, uh, and kind of slow things down, and then you get, to, you get to talk to the other staff members. Hey, what, you know, what's the offense going to do this series? You know, we got this guy starting. We got this guy starting. What are we going to do here? What, you know, how, how's this guy uh, going to pitch us? And, and so we kind of talk about um, that type of stuff, and then, Six o'clock, you get dressed and you go outside and you got a ball game from seven to ten. And then after the game, you, you kind of try and process a little bit what happened. Um, and then shower, get some more food, head out, put the little kids to bed and wait for them to get back up at 530 and do it all again the next day. So it's not quite as glamorous as a lot of people would. would uh... No, I will say that the warm cookies and milk on the flights are <laughs> that, that's pretty nice. How much does the family travel with you? Don't they get to go any road? Are there any, you look at the calendar and say, hey, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in, uh, I don't know, Anaheim or whatever. And we, we'd, you know, that would be one we'd like to go to because we could take the kids to whatever. Is that any of that go into the planning or how much they get to go? Yeah, we kind of look at the off days a little bit. Um, they, they were able to go to Houston this year for the postseason. We, they went to Baltimore. Uh, they always try and hit Kansas City uh, just because it's, you know, really yeah. close to us. Uh, we're starting again. We started last season in Kansas City. Um, and, and we're going to start again this year in Kansas City. They come down to spring training for you know a week at a time. Um, my, my wife is a professor at the University of Arkansas, so she gets summers off. So that's that's really yeah. awesome for us. Uh, she drove to Chicago one time, and will not be doing that again. <laughs> um, anybody from Chicago, I'm sorry, there, but there's there's always something happening in that city. Always. Um, so yeah, they, they they get to travel with me a little bit. Um, as often as we can, you know, we try and look at the off days. This year, I'm, I'm trying to get her to go to Arizona because they, the hotel we stay at there has like a kid area, a park, a water park. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to get them to go there with me this year. What is the state of Major League Baseball? I know, you know, um, we're seeing a lot of changes with the the pitch clock and bigger bases and whatever. Do you like the way the direction is going, or are you more of a traditional guy? I, I will say the. There you go. There we go. Yeah. I'll say the, the pitch clock, I wasn't a fan of it whenever they first announced the rule change, but watching it work throughout a full season, it, it, it provides so much more um, time with our families and for guys to get done with the games quicker, and, and it forces action. Um, I, I, I understand why they implemented the pickoff rule. So for, for those of you that don't know, um, you can only pick off twice. If you try and pick off a third time then and you don't get him, he automatically gets second base. Um, not a fan of that one. No. Not a fan of that one. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I can go into that one a little bit more in detail later. But um, not a fan of that one. But the pitch clock I'm a huge fan of. Um, three batter minimum It's fine. You, you got to get guys out. Um, but it's, I, I'm, I'm generally a fan of the, the overall rule changes that they're making. Good deal. We normally don't open it up for questions, but if anybody in the audience has a question you'd like to ask, go ahead, Brad. Oh, boys, gonna play baseball or golf? My, my two? Yeah. 
they're, they're obsessed with baseball right now. They, they are. They're, uh, if you see, we had to bring in a, a whole case of baseball cards with us. Um, so they're, they're, they're obsessed with it right now. They, he, they also like football, too, especially the younger one. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, so we go we, weekend series versus South Carolina. Um, we end up, what is it, Jake Wise was our catcher. Um, he ends up getting tossed. He, he played the plate. They throw him out. He slams his helmet. Umpire says, you're done. You're out of here. Uh, then um, JC uh, was, was another catcher that we had. He was a freshman at the time. He had gotten in some kind of a fight with a knife and hurt his thumb at this point. And so he was about to hit, and it was still a tie ball game. We're going into close to extra innings, and uh, Van Horn says, no, we're, we're, we're good. We don't want you to, to hit with that. He had his thumb all bandaged up like he had a cast on, basically. And, and so uh, at that point, he, he looks down. And I, I caught bullpens in the offseason. Like, I, I love it. I love catching. I caught in high school and everything. Um, so, I, you know, me and a couple of buddies stayed over Christmas break. And, and uh, so I, I, I caught in the offseason. It, it wasn't unfamiliar to me. But Van Horn kind of peeks down the dugout. He says, Colby, can you do it? Yeah, coach. <laughs> and so I'd strap on some gear, put a, put a cup in, and, and good to go. And get out there and had to catch uh, Michael Gunn. Lefty, uh, I don't know if y'all remember him, but it, it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. That was that was one of the uh, highlights of my career there at University of Arkansas, being the third string catcher. If you guys hadn't figured out by now, baseball players are a little bit different, you know, than, than your normal athletes, and the playing with the knife thing or whatever. That's not a not a, not a crazy thing at all. Yeah, yeah, they they <laughs> they weren't happy about that one though. The coaches weren't. Uh, anybody else got any questions? Jake, you got anything? Yeah. Uh, after the games, not, not many. We we were decent whenever I was here at pitching, so he, he was normally okay with us. Um, it was it was really in the off season. We had we had the long trail, medium trail, and short trail that we ran, and we had to run six minute miles, you know, and and. So we ran a lot during the off season, but not not quite as much during the season. Uh, as long as we did well. Did you guys have a bet on how long it would take him to get from the dugout to the mound? Was anybody playing the over unders on like twenty five seconds, a slow walk here? Drove us crazy. I, I think we were all a little too scared of him to to do that at the time. Uh, he, he's a pretty large and intimidating guy, and and could really. Uh, he paid attention a lot, so he kind of knew all your quirks, and and he could he could throw a little jab in there at you, um, and re he really kept us on our toes. But we loved him. He he made us all what we were. So, you know, the SCC next year is going to add Texas and Oklahoma. You know, two teams that have you know storied um, you know traditions, a lot of championships. What what's what's your thoughts on that? I mean, how I mean, we're already taking a brutally tough conference, and just you know, we're just adding more fire to it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be ultimately good for baseball. Um, I think it's going to raise the level of play. Like competition just breeds, um, you know, uh, success or, or getting better, whatever that phrase is, right? Um, so I, I, we, we have a history with Texas, um, you know, playing them in the College World Series 2018, Blaine Knight, um, crushing them a couple times. 
Um, so we, we, we've seen them recently. Um, whenever I was in playing, we, we had to go to Norman, Oklahoma and, uh, during a midweek, and it's a, you know, another tough place to play. Um, so hopefully um, it, it just makes, you know, the Razorbacks better. Uh, it, it makes them uh, work a little bit harder uh, to stay on top, and, and um, they continue to do what they've been doing. I, I really think, you know, Coach Van Horn is, is due a national championship at yeah. soon. Yeah. Soon. Hopefully 2024. All right. Well, Kobe, we appreciate you being here with us today. We can give him another big round of applause. We also honored a couple of prep football programs and players today. The prep program of the week, the prep rally program of the week, was the Bentonville High School football team. Jody Grant, the football coach at Bentonville, he was the uh, talked about his Tigers today. He'll be playing for the 7A state championship, and they'll be taking on the Fayetteville Bulldogs. And Casey Dick, the football coach for Fayetteville, also spoke today as we honored his running back, Christian Setzer, as the Prep Rally Player of the Week. Christian's had a big season for the Bulldogs. He has over 1,000 yards rushing, including 125 yards in last week's semifinal win. Bentonville and Fayetteville will meet Saturday at noon at War Memorial Stadium for the Class 7A state championship. We will meet again on December the 20th. Jason Watson, the volleyball coach at the University of Arkansas, will be our guest speaker for that event. Again, that will be December the 20th for the next Hogs Illustrated Sports Club luncheon. I'm Chip Souza for the Hogs Sports Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Hogs Illustrated Sports Club Luncheon Podcast. The proceeding has been a production of the Hogs Sports Network. Look for our daily podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. For more Razorbacks coverage, go to wholehogsports.com or follow the Hogs Sports Network reporters on social media.